is Zach Lyons. I am Braden Gall. We got a lot of stuff to do today on the show. Very exciting things happening with Zach and with 440 Sports. We've got some announcements coming up as well. We've got lots of stuff to get to as it pertains to the Titans offensive coordinator search. We know three, if not four names already. Uh, lots of stuff going on there, so we'll break down all those possible names. And this place is packed. We're live at the this, pharmacy. Dude, this place is, there's like, you can't see it back there because we have the, the flap down in case the rain comes because that's supposed to come through. You know, whenever, sometime here soon during the show, always perfect. Timing. I walked in because the way we walk into our thing, yeah. there's usually nobody over here. There's full tables all the way here. Come up here, and in our studio space are two huskies, <laughs> and and uh, their owner just sitting there. And I'm thinking, well, heck, if this place is packed, it is. It is. Well, day off, of course. No school, no metro schools, and if you need a place to come, the pharmacy is your place to do it. Of course, you got a great, you got great burgers. You got two dust boots here. I've got some. Uh, some smokestack smoked dark lager out of Memphis. It's really, really smoky and delicious if you like dark beer on a cold afternoon. Uh, but again, this place is packed. So come on in. Pharmacy, great place to get a burger. Great place, of course. Uh, yeah, Memphis. That's right. It is. Taste, taste of Memphis. There you go. Uh, lots of stuff to do on the show today. Titans offensive coordinator. But also, we're going to have a long conversation about quarterbacks because that's the, the only position that really matters in the NFL. And ev- there's so many teams that are looking for quarterbacks. There are so many quarterbacks who could be available. So we're going to systematically go through every possible name that the Titans could conceivably be interested in, and we'll break down what that cost will be, does that work for the offensive system, and what does that do for the future of the franchise as it pertains to making an offensive coordinator decision, a philosophical decision, where they all want to go. Um, So we'll have a big announcement, by the way, coming up at the end of the show. So at the very end of the show, I'm going to make you wait all the way to the end of the show. But we got a big announcement, 440 Sports. Will you in? It's called a tease. We call that in the, the, the biz. <laughs> the biz. The Four, tease. 440 Sports, very proud to make a big announcement coming up at the very end of the show. Uh, so a lot of stuff to do today. First of all, shout out to Daniel here at the pharmacy yes. for having his child over the weekend, his baby girl. Welcome to the world. Welcome to the pharmacy team. Congratulations to Daniel. Mrs. and mom is doing fine. Baby's doing great. Uh, your life is never going to be the same. I hope you're. I hope you enjoyed yourself before your new baby arrived. But everybody's safe. Congratulations, Daniel, man, on becoming a father. Really cool moment there. Uh, and of course, congratulations on you having a new baby as well. Zach has a brand new baby, not a human, but a place where you can consume all the takes. Zach, yeah, stacking take the inbox. It's the first Tennessee Titans newsletter of its kind. I'm always ahead of the curve. If you're not ahead, you're always behind, right? And yeah. Sure, you're probably rolling your eyes. Oh, no, not another subscription-based you know, article thing. But look, I'm like 3,000 times cheaper than everybody else on the market. That's science. And, and then on top of that, here's the thing. I'm not beholden to any advertisers. I'm actually beholden to you, the reader. So the content that you're going to get is is curated by me. I've been, I have like over now, I have over a hundred plus topics <laughs> already lined up for the off season. I totally believe uh, that, by the way. Yeah, uh, it's <laughs> totally true. I, I mean, no, uh, that's not even an exaggeration. And um, I got my own post-it notes, color coded on calendars, all up in a room. I, over now, I have my office downstairs where I do the podcast. And most of my writing. Now I have another secondary bonus room. Now, now, you have been one to make fun of John Robinson for being in the Stone Ages, maybe not forward thinking enough. Yeah. Innovation was a big word Amy Adams Strunk is using for the Titans, future GM. And we're still on the post-it note thing. What I like about the post-it notes Where's the thing, analytics? The, the post-it notes thing is, is filled with analytic articles, but <laughs> it's color-coded for the fact that, okay, I'm taking this one down, what's left? Or then ah, I can move stuff around okay, a lot easier because okay. I'm a very spatial awareness kind of guy. You know, sure, I do a lot of Excel spreadsheets and all that kind of stuff. 
but this has helped out the creative Google process. Doc? Big Google yeah, Doc guy? Yeah. Yeah, I love a good Google Doc. But see, I do, for me, it's like, it helps with the creative process because then I'm like, I'm going through it, I'm reading through certain things and then those certain things spark something. When you put in a Google Doc, kind of gets lost in, in this stuff. That's true, that's true. So, I'm going to the Senior Bowl, credentialed for the Senior Bowl. I'll be down there all week, so you'll get not only articles, we'll be doing a football show down there, or at least I will, <laughs> and uh, be doing football under the efforts down there. And we'll have some live content that will be exclusively yeah. for streaming the end or stacking the inbox. So essentially, what you're getting is stuff that you really care about. It's going to educate you, entertain you like it always has. And look, football and other efforts often imitated, never duplicated. Okay. These Titans fan podcasts are dime a dozen. I saw another one show up the other day. <laughs> and here's on the flip side of that. My writing style, what the stuff you get in there, often imitated, never duplicated. That's for sure. There's no question. As a paid subscriber, I can admit no great, free subscriptions. No here. free <laughs> subscriptions. Uh, listen, for forty-eight bucks, I got the whole year. I gave him. Yeah, it's four dollars. Forty-eight bucks. I got a whole year's worth of Zach's content because hanging out with you two hours a week. Yeah, not enough. Not for enough. Me. Not enough. Listen, for forty-eight dollars or four dollars a month or forty-eight dollars a year. It is is. 14 cents to 25 cents, depending on how much I write, because I know there is going to be vacations in there and all, stuff like that. But uh, when I go on vacation, I'm going to have articles in the get-go oh, yeah. ready for it. In, in the queue. Yeah, in the say. queue. And then the other the other thing is there is an option for you to join something called Stacking the Inbox Club. It's just something Substack has in there. So I've decided to say that any amount over $60 that is donated to or that is paid here, even if it's $61, that $1 is going into a savings account and getting donated to a charity. Oh, very good. Very cool, man. St it could be like stacking the owner's inbox. Yeah. That's what it could be, stacking the owner's inbox, making sure Amy gets all the news she needs. Stacking the inbox, of course, on Substack. You can also check it out on his Twitter account as well, at FWordsPod. Nothing sure else changes, by the way. Just all my written content. And make sure you got... The 440 Sports Twitter account turned on today. Again, coming up at the end of the show, big announcement for you guys. But we're going to spend a lot of time today on quarterbacks and coordinators. Uh, before we do, we mentioned the pharmacy, these wonderful and amazing folks here. Stacked, by the way, just packed with tables, filled with people eating wonderful and, and amazing And people burgers. are out here in the rain and it's kind of gloomy. You, get, you can only imagine that inside is just like bustling. My six-year-old loves vibes. She's all yeah. about vibey night. She doesn't like downlighting. She wants lamps and she wants, you know, wants to watch a movie with some vibe. In there, in the pharmacy, that's where your vibes are. That's where you get them on a Monday. Come by, have a burger. Of course, open uh, all day, every single day of the week. They got an office or location down in Fifth and Broad, down in downtown Nashville as well. And then, of course, the Kingston Group, buildkg.com, locally owned, Nashville's locally owned custom home and remodeling firm. They're a firm, and that means they're special somehow, and it's because they're nose to tail. They plan the entire process, so don't make any big decisions about your home or renovation or a purchase or sale without talking to the Kingston Group first. I promise you. They will help you make the big financial decisions about your home a lot easier and simpler and smoother, unlike the Titans' decision to hire offensive coordinator, which will be very difficult, potentially, if they're going to go outside of the realm of sort of what we know about this Titans organization under Mike Vrabel. So first, before we get to the names, I just I got two questions for you. Okay. First, do the names tell you anything about the philosophical approach for the Tennessee Titans. And number two, did you learn anything about what you saw over the weekend in the NFL? Because, uh, like, I know we came back from the final week of the regular season saying, oh, I don't know, maybe Tom Brady still got it. I still believe in Tom Brady. went down the field. Did anything you saw this weekend in the playoffs change your mind about where the Titans should go? And is there anything we should know about the names we've seen so far in terms of philosophical approach? I think I think in terms of the OCs that have been listed, which are Charles London, who's the current quarterback coach for the Atlanta Falcons, 
uh, Eric Bieniemy, who's the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs, and Matt Nagy, who is the uh, quarterback coach for the Kansas City Chiefs and former head coach of the Chicago Bears. None of those really, I think, nothing I saw in the playoffs technically plays into that. And why I saw in the playoffs plays into what I wrote about at Stack in the Inbox for the first paid article this morning. How can the GM, the or how can the next GM be a little bit different, right? And how can he be better? And I said they need to get faster, taller, and more durable, essentially, and healthier. Which healthier you can't really bank on, right? Except for you need to be able to be a little bit more strict with your... Don't be a blister. Uh, yeah, be a little bit more strict with a less lenient on injury histories. Be a little bit more strict on those okay. injuries. Right. But what you saw this weekend were taller, faster players than anything that the Tennessee Titans have had on their team besides A.J. Brown, peak Derrick Henry, and maybe Chigakonkwu and and Traylon Burks. And that's the main difference. You look at the cornerbacks that played this weekend and they're playing tonight, they're all over, almost all over six feet. The Titans don't have anybody over six feet. They're all 5'11". And I know that doesn't sound like a big difference, but it is a big difference when you're going up against six foot one to six foot four wide receivers all week who are only going to continue to get bigger, bigger and faster, faster and stronger and everything i mean yeah. look at the all pro co- corners were six three and six four patrick certain six three and uh or sorry six two and six three sauce Gardner. Yeah, and yes. sauce Gardner is a, a tall one just got to you gotta get bigger and faster and that's exactly what the tennessee titans want now as far as offensive schemes and stuff like that go ahead well i was gonna say what i one of the things i found so weird about this weekend was the quarterbacks and this will maybe i should save this for the quarterback discussion because i saw a lot of random ass quarterbacks Winning games in the second half in situations they should not have been. So maybe there's a discussion about devaluing the raw pure ability of that and being more trusted in the system. I, yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's just a random occurrence this week. Well, I mean, t- okay, t- okay. Here's here's someone. Joe Lombardi is a good example of an offensive coordinator and head coach combo that doesn't work. That is royally screwed up and not played into their strengths. I think we can Run all agree on ball. that. Yeah, I think that Joe Lombardi is going to get... If Brandon Staley's keeping his job, Joe Lombardi's out the door. Yes. Okay? So th- there's another offensive coordinator thing uh, opening up. I think what you saw, though, is that teams had success on the ground. I thought that Minnesota looked good on the ground. Now, you flip that around, and you can have a, as good an, a bright young mind as you can in Kevin O'Connell, and Kirk Cousins still going to pull Josh Dobbs and check down. That doesn't get no, nobody any good, right? Now, and if Kirk Cousins decides, hey, I'm going to quit targeting Justin Jefferson, who could probably win a one-on-one matchup with the Dory Jackson, that's all that's you, you can't change that. So in my mind, what you saw was a bunch of successful offensive coordinators put their team in the best position to win. And, and that's what this team desperately needs. Yeah, I agree. The fact that Skylar Thompson, Brock Purdy, Geno Smith, we're Listen, all we're all leading in the second half on top of uh, let's slow down the Skylar Thompson, ones. though. Oh, no, it was nothing to do yeah. with him. He was terrible. Yeah. I'm just saying I, I'm I felt myself looking at the first of all, I thought the NFC was like I looked at all the quarterbacks in the AFC. And now you've got Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes and Trevor Lawrence, all great a pedigree like Angus prime rib beef here. And then the other side, you've got. Brock Purdy, Jalen Hurts, who's had a great year, yeah. but a guy that Eagles fans kind of weren't sure about. You got Daniel Jones, who Giants didn't pick up the fifth-year option. And then you had Geno Smith and Skylar Thompson leading in the second half. So I just couldn't help myself but saying, Ryan Tannehill is good enough to get this team a lead in the playoffs. Like, right. He's got to be perfect, but I just – I the, felt- the, the offensive coordinator was never good enough. Yes, and, and ultimately, yes. that's what it is. And here's the thing, because I talk about it with uh, a few people. Derrick Henry is a crutch. This offensive coordinator needs to be able to not have to rely on Derrick Henry. Yes. Now, 
part of that is the GM doing their job and getting him pieces that they need. But Derrick Henry, when you're looking at Eric Bieniemy, when you're talking about Matt Nagy, that's to me says they're not as tied to Derrick Henry as you think because he's not a he's a running back that can do things in that system and really you need to focus less on the Chiefs under Patrick Mahomes and focus more on Mike Kafka who's over at the Giants or go put on the tape from 2017 back to 2013 Andy Reid where he has Kareem Hunt, where he is running the ball more, where they're still putting up points. Maybe not the yardage is there, but they're still putting up points, even with Alex Smith and 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 stuff like that. That's what you need to be looking at when you're thinking about Matt Nagy and Eric Bieniemy. Their time there, specifically Matt Nagy, who let who led Alex Smith to a career year in well, 2017 as the offensive coordinator, who did share in play calling duty, and that's the other thing. Eric Bieniemy has play calling experience. Quit saying that he doesn't. Andy Reid specifically says <laughs> in videos he's on the record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Eric Bieniemy calls some plays. Now, now, listen. Here's the thing about this world, just real quick. Yeah. Eric Bieniemy probably calls the plays. Andy Reid is in the headset, and Andy Reid has veto power between Eric Bieniemy and Patrick Mahomes. But Eric Bieniemy is also taking part in play design, installed training up Patrick Mahomes because. I'll see a lot of people say, well, Andy Reid does all that. Dude, Andy Reid can only do so many things as a person. <laughs> like, like There's only so many hours in the day. There's only so many hours in the day, so he has to have players or he has to have staff in place that he trusts to do stuff when he can't be in the room. Well, you've got essentially what amounts to three head football coaches running the offense, right? If, if, if Eric bieniemy has been listed as a potential candidate to be a head coach all across the NFL for I don't know how many years now. Matt Nagy was one, and of course Andy Reid. So like it, you've got three guys that have head coach ability, let's say, and they're all sort of working together to run arguably the most unstoppable offense of our generation. And Andy Reid's success goes back 15, 18 years with, with the Eagles even. Oh, Nick Foles' Eagles would be a good, <laughs> good thing for you to go watch if you're looking for maybe attributes that are being carried over. Yeah. You, you can't. If you're expecting the Patrick Mahomes-like offense and a Patrick Mahomes-like renaissance of the passing game, yeah. you don't have Patrick Mahomes. Well, I, so and yeah, there's, yeah, also, gotta, there's also there's also a <laughs> uh, have that guy. There's also an uh, improvisation to what Patrick Mahomes does on the field as well. Yes, so that you you don't have that element. You cannot look at the Patrick Mahomes Chiefs and say, "Oh, that's what we're getting," because I don't think realistically right. that's what you're getting. So I think two important things. Number one, when I saw the list of names, including the two Chiefs guys, it strikes me as. They're willing to be more creative and more open philosophically to what the future of the offense could look like. And to your point, tied less to Derrick Henry. Now, when's the last true feature running back that either Andy Reid and the Chiefs had or even Nagy with the Bears? Now, David Montgomery had two seasons where he was pseudo-featured, over 200 carries. but They nothing, still used Tariq Cohen yes, just as much. Nothing like Derrick Henry. Like We're talking 1,000 yards rushing, it 800 would, yards rushing, it would, nothing like Derrick. Yeah. It would be the closest would be Arian or not Arian Foster. Sorry, I'm thinking of Charles London, uh, the other offensive coordinator, uh, Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt had uh, 13 to 1500 rushing that's yards. That's true. That's true. Not not including what he did in the receiving game. And I think that's the the key is that yeah, Derrick Henry can receive and he has improved that aspect of him. But I, you don't have the speed anymore. There is now maybe a year removed from the injury. Maybe he gets the speed back, but that's such a hard thing to get back once you lost it. Yeah, and and um, you guys are chiming in. Matt Forte, Daniel 
says Matt Forte. Kenneth says Jamal Charles. Jamal Matt Charles. For- Matt Forte wasn't around uh, Matt no. Nagy or any of these guys. Jamal Charles' last 100-yard rushing year was, was 2014. Yeah. That was, uh, <laughs> that was I believe, still Andy Reid in 2014, if I'm not mistaken. It was Andy Reid, but it was not, again, a running back with 206 carries for 1,033 yards is not Derrick Henry territory. Yeah. That is lead back. It's not feature back if we're going to get well. If we but to, get be, but, to, but to also be honest, how many receiving yards did he get? And how many touches did he get that way compared to Derrick Henry? So I'm, only, I'm sure it's, only 21. That, well, wait, he got injured that year, didn't 40, he? 40 catches that year. The year before, he had 1,300 yards from scrimmage. This was 2013. 1,300 yards from scrimmage, 12 touchdowns rushing, 70 receptions, over 100 targets. Almost 700 yards. But again, so that's how old was stuff. Jamal Charles? 27 years old. Okay, so Jamal Charles is 27 years old. How old is going to be Derrick Henry? Uh, 29. And who right? is by far the faster player? Jamal Charles. There you go. Again, this was also 10 years ago. Yeah. Andy Reid's been the coach for 10 years. Yeah. And, and that's, Which is wild. I think that proves the point, if anything. Yeah. I have to double check when Matt Forte uh, left the Bears in terms of crossover. Well, the Jordan was Howard was year. Matt Nagy's first year. He was the first rusher yeah. was Jordan, How- yeah. Jordan Howard. Again, Matt Forte's final year with that was 2014. I think the yeah. point is, A, really excited if I'm a Titans fan about broadening the philosophical approach offensively. That's fun because there are so many, as we've talked about ad nauseum, and we're going to talk about this with the quarterbacks, there's so many different directions this franchise could go right now. It's at a crossroads. And it's at a major, I don't know who said that. Did somebody say that? Someone said that. Uh, and, and the fact that a lot of these names probably don't feature a 30-year-old running back getting 380 touches. I think that it doesn't mean we don't love Derrick Henry. An expensive, right? An expensive, a depreciating asset. Yes, even if he's still good, fifteen hundred yards, still great, he's still great, he's still great. But that, let's be honest here, that's all volume, right? Like that's that's you're talking about sub four hundred, sub four point yeah. oh yeah. yards per carry. That's all volume, and that's because they had no one else to go to. Traylon Burks wasn't reliable enough. The offensive coordinator couldn't design plays good enough. They limited chick snaps. The offensive line was terrible. The next step is to take all that and move on past Derrick Henry. It is time, and I've said this for you for years. If 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 they hire like Charles London or hire Tim Kelly, I think Derrick Henry's chances at staying and being featured are pretty good. Go up, yeah. However, if you're talking about Eric Bieniemy or Matt Nagy, I think that you're you're probably seeing probably the the end of days. And then maybe they just redo the his contract and keep him here and then start lessening his carries. Well, you know what it feels like, honestly? It feels like in about four years from now, there's going to be that one-day contract that Derrick Henry signs yeah. to come back and retire well, It's just Titan. like Eddie George, right? He went yeah. Eddie George, Eddie Smith. Went, yeah, All these guys do it. And again, which is great, I, I still think there's something there in 2023 for Derrick Henry here. Is he willing to be more of a... Again, lead back instead of a feature back, which I think right. is a subtle difference there. Uh, which direction do you, uh, forgetting the names, because I think Eric Bieniemy, I think, would be a, a, a pretty good hire. I think Matt Nagy, not a great head coach. Let me ask you a question. This, the, the players, he's not well-liked. Okay, Eric Bieniemy is not well-liked among, I guess, maybe maybe some employ- some co-workers and, and some players, right? So that that is the, the thing, is from rumors inside the buildings that he's not well-liked. Does that matter to you? I mean, if you're all because at the end of the day, adults. isn't Andy Reid's opinion matter more than everybody else's opinion on the quality of coach that Eric Bieniemy is? So this is what I love about the NFL. Um, it simplifies these kinds of things for me because I think in college sports or even in other sports where you're playing 100 games or 160 games or 82 games, they're probably because you're spending so much time together on the road. Like hockey teams go on the road and live like live together like every minute of the day. 
I think there maybe needs to be more camaraderie for that success to find itself. But the NFL is so merit-driven that if I can make you money because you are a better player because of what I'm telling you to do, I don't really feel like it matters if we get along in the NFL as much. I, I think if if Traylon Burks can maximize his financial worth, and I'm not even talking about winning, I'm talking about just what's best for Traylon Burks, is to listen to Eric Bieniemy and do what Eric Bieniemy tells him to do. I don't. The NFL generally, that's the only thing that matters. Uh, now, can you win a Super Bowl if you all get along better? Maybe. Maybe there's some camaraderie there that helps. I, you I in, just but... find that people overvalue this likability, I... and I, I think that's a ge- generational or this society yeah. thing that you have. Being liked equals success. Where I don't really think that Vrabel's probably not for every player, not for every coach, and he's still successful, right? Ca- I, to me, it's called being an adult yeah. <laughs> in the workplace. Right. You're not. It's impossible for you to like everyone you work with in every office, but you still have to get your shit done, and I and they have to get their shit done. And if you can help each other do it, why not help each other do it? You don't have to go to the bar every day, right. And be best friends. I don't know. I, I I kind of agree with you. It's a little overplayed. My question is going to be though philosophically do you want to see them at the crossroads here do we want to see more the enemy naggy andy reed evolution of the offense hires or do you like stability consistency maybe fits in more with Vrabel? you know like which well, direction do you prefer? I, I i i think you need to see some evolution some change i just think you need to and i think that needs to come into play also with your gm hire if you're hiring ronnie ryan calden monty austin for it then you're just stuck with stability, right? Isn't that what you're kind of saying to your fan base? Just more of the same. And then you would just hire Tim Kelly or maybe hire Charles London, which, look, Charles London could end up being the next Arthur Smith. I mean, the Rams wanted him as offensive coordinator last year. The Dolphins wanted him as offensive coordinator last year, at least to interview. That's good That's good company to keep, right? Yeah. yeah. And, so, and now he's been with Arthur Smith, so maybe you get Arthur Smith 2.0. But are we? Are you really at a point where if you're going to take Charles London and pair him with Monty Austin, Fort, and Ryan Cowden, yeah, you're going to? Yeah. It doesn't feel like anything's yeah. changed, and it you're, feels like you're probably going to get more Todd Downing. Well, and, and it certainly doesn't feel right to go with Monty Austin, Fort, or Ryan Cowden in the building, and then go like way way across the board with somebody different evolution wise, Cliff Kingsbury, for example, yeah. schematic wise, and try to pair. The, the old model of player evaluation and, and acquisition to the new model of offensive scheme, even though Mike Vrabel actually might sit in the middle of that yeah. philosophically, it, it doesn't feel like there's as much cohesion or alignment, I guess. Yeah. I, I think that's the thing with, I want to see enough just changing names that I feel good. <laughs> like I, I don't feel like there's a big difference between John Robinson, Monty Austin, Ford and Ryan Cowden. And I don't think there's a big difference between Todd Downing, Tim Kelly and okay. And Charles London. So I, I don't disagree with that. Maybe, maybe I don't need a total philosophical shift. You know, I do want more play action passing. I do want more passing in general. I do want faster, taller playmakers. I want all of this, but it's also you got to have the people in place. So I think you have to. If I want that, and I think that's what's best for this team going forward, then yes, I have to see the philosophical shift. So animosity is a bad ingredient with adversity. Jason says, and I do agree. I think that I agree in general that that's for sure. You can always maximize your success and productivity when, when especially in facing adversity, when when there's sort of like camaraderie or the the you know the opposite of animosity when everybody gets along. I do think it affects eighteen to twenty two year olds more. I think college football it's it's a it's a greater influence on human beings. I think it's not like to me this was this is this is Robert Woods. Like Robert Woods, you may not love everything he does, but that guy's a consummate professional. 
and is going to come in and do his job whether he likes you or not. Like he's just going to do his job. And I, I think at some point the NFL is the most I don't want to say like animosity proof of any sport because dysfunction. I mean, you can't have Adam Gase and and right, and, right. And, and I don't think Eric Bieniemy is Adam Gase. Like, I guess that's where I'm at. And personality-wise, I'd be very surprised. I want to touch on something that I'm seeing pop up by A&E. Um, uh, why do fans and media keep saying the GM is hiring the OC, not Vrabel? And she and then I think it's I think it's Amy. I think is that who that is. Uh, I have seen it that Vrabel was forced to fire Downing and the GM would choose the OC. Never heard of a head coach that does not have control of his staff. If that yeah, was the case, that. you wouldn't have interview requests going in. Yeah, you, yeah. You you would have right. you would you would not have heard of any interview requests happening. In fact, the interview requests, unless it's Ryan Calden and Monty Austin for it. But in fact, um, Josina Anderson reported that the request for Eric Bieniemy and Matt Nagy have been in for over a week, yeah. which means that they immediately fired Todd Downing because a week from yesterday is Sunday. And the game Todd was Saturday. Downing, Todd Downing was still employed. Yeah, okay. Todd Downing was still employed. So they're obviously moving on. Someone I, is moving on behind the scenes, and you would have to think that person is Vrabel, or at least a combination of Amy Adams Drunk and Vrabel. And on the because fl- collaboration, big yeah, word. Yeah, yeah. And on the flip side of that, I would also say that I don't. I haven't heard. I've heard speculation that it's possible that they could be doing that. But when you have new information, I, new evidence presents itself. You have now. I think there's the way you're thinking. I think there's a couple assumptions we can make about this, which is that nothing is going to be decided without Mike Vrabel being involved in a conversation. Maybe not the conversation, but a conversation. So I think Vrabel's involved in everything. Um, that's pretty I don't know if it's about you, but I think that's pretty clear that Amy Adams Strunk and Mike Vrabel, the GM's not even gonna report like Mike Vrabel's not gonna report to the GM. He's reporting directly to Amy Adams Strunk. So I, I think there's a conversation taking place. It also doesn't make sense to hire a GM. Hire an OC separate. Like it, it doesn't make sense for it to, to not all be kind of decided together. And I think you said this last week on the show from an orders and operations standpoint. When the GM interviews, he's going to lay out the plan and the plan. And we're about to get to this with the quarterbacks. If a GM sits down across from maybe Adam Strunk, he could say, Look, I do not want to bring back Ryan Tannehill. I don't think he's the best way forward. Here's my plan. Or he could sit down and say, I think Ryan Tannehill is our best way forward. Here's the plan. From that conversation, Mike Vrabel then is involved in in collaboration, and the offensive coordinator then is affected by that plan, right? Like right. It, it all works together. So I think you have to have everybody kind of on the same page. I do think the f- first thing that now, unless Vrabel has complete control, which I think we'd probably be okay with, I, I think you're probably going to see a GM before an OC. Yeah, I, I, I mean know. at this at this at this stage, first off, the the Chiefs weren't in the wild card round, so they technically those staffers can't really interview until January 30th. If I'm interpreting the convoluted rules correctly, it's like in between the Super Bowl. Yeah, right? they yeah. For, for unless they lose, yeah. then 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 it's all bets are off. Secondly, that they're 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 way further into the GM process than the OC, so I think it's just going to be more of happenstance at this point. Yeah. And 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 I think PK alludes to this into an article that he wrote this morning as well talking about the phase and the interview process or whatever. And I think that this first round of interviews, everybody's been making a big deal that there's no football people in the room with these interviews, which I don't think there was for football people when John Robinson was in there, but maybe I could be wrong. Secondly, I think that they're asking GMs, let's be candid here. What do you think of Mike Vrabel? And it's a lot easier to answer that question when the person of subject to that question <laughs> not is not in there. 
So I, I think that is a, a, I think in round two, and this is specific, phase two, specifically yeah. what Vrabel said, that he will be in there on those interviews then. All right, so let's, because this all eventually ties back to the quarterback, and I cannot tell you, by the way, we are here live at the pharmacy in East Nashville, so make sure you come by the pharmacy. This place is packed right now. Tons of people enjoying their the, the metro schools being out <laughs> and out here having beers and brats and burgers and tots and horseradish mustard. And look, I've got a smokestack smoked dark lager from Solon Spirits Brewery in Memphis. And this is what the pharmacy does for you guys. The pharmacy is constantly looking around for the best possible. Believe they're the only place that carries it. Best possible. Debut in Nashville is right, right here. here. But this is what pharmacy does. They constantly are sourcing good local products to, to serve to you here because you can't that get this pair with their food that, also important if if you're one of those folks i don't i it, it does i'm pair, not one of those fo- folks of those but folks. if someone were to say hey if free business advice for pharmacy right here you know <laughs> you can call it the uh, zl tasting menu but if they did a tasting menu and did as you know little mini slider burgers with a oh, little bit of shot of beer flights that couldn't be bad. Man, I am a fucking uh, genius. <laughs> pretty, let me let me tell you something. It's pretty good. You got the little mini Cajun yeah. burger with like a nice uh, Abita lager yeah. of some sort. There you go. But anyway, there you go, Daniel. Point Next is, big money maker. Point is, you can't. This is what they do. They go look for good local products to serve to you, so that when you come here, you get something new, something different, something fresh. And again, this is a smoked dark lager and it's very smoky it's very delicious out of this boot so come out to the pharmacy and if there is a job opening for official beer tester and beer investigator for the pharmacy i'm i will put put in my resume put your hat in there yeah okay all right Uh, also the kingston group as well buildkg.com is the website the kingston group both companies pharmacy and kingston group locally owned for over 10 years helping nashvillians build their homes renovate their homes buy and sell their homes and making sure they do it with the best possible financial advice and frankly Listen, my family, we, we eat here and we use the Kingston Group to do a, a little building in the backyard there and could not have been a better experience. Wife is ecstatic about it. Kids love it. It's been perfect for me, what I needed as well. So make sure you check out the Kingston Group before you make any big decisions about your house. Also, big, big, big announcement coming up at the end of the show. So stay tuned for that. Let's get to the quarterbacks because I, I Brian Tannehill is the first and foremost. You got a long list I of do. quarterbacks. We're casting a wide net here, so I want to make sure we can eliminate every, every possible candidate or include every possible candidate because I continually hear this. I do radio for, for ESPN as well, and I continually hear from like Jets fans, Panthers fans, Dolphin. A Dolphin fan asked me about this. I, I, that's that's just odd to me because well, two has you know Tannehill been up a little bit there, out in the air. Tannehill was down there forever. Yeah, um, and of course now there's you know everybody's interested in Tom Brady. I have a very close friend who's a Raiders fan that everybody knows who's asking about what the future is there. All these teams have interest in quarterbacks, and very rarely does Ryan Tannehill come up. And I almost always have to say to them, look, Ryan Tannehill is better than X. He's better than Y. He's better than Z. He may not be good enough for a Super Bowl championship or you know, Patrick Mahomes, which none of us would argue, but he's a good option. And we've talked a lot about the, the Titans trading Tannehill potentially, So, we, which I don't, I don't want to go down that path. But let's Hypothetically, if the Titans were to look around okay. at every option at quarterback, and again, we're casting a super wide net here, so we're inclu- we're making some assumptions about some of these names. I, I I want you to tell me how we could how the Titans could get this person. We're going to debate the cost, and then we're going to and then we're going to give you a, a yes, no. We like it, don't pursue it. We hate that idea, kind of deal. All right, okay. sound good? Sounds good. All right, we're going to start with the guy who's been injured two Decembers in a row, who would change the offense significantly and cost you a fortune. So all great things. Yes. <laughs> Lamar Jackson on the board, not on the board. I don't. I, here's the thing. 
I I don't think that Lamar is on the board in the sense that it's a realistic option. Because I've said this on a few of the different shows. You're talking about a guy that's going to pretty much, first off, the Ravens are going to do the prudent thing and tag him. The worst case scenario for the Ravens, they obviously they probably want to sign him to a long-term extension. Worst case scenario is that they're going to tag him, which means that then you have to trade for Lamar Jackson. And then you have to renegotiate a deal for Lamar Jackson. If I'm not mistaken, the uh, the deal starts with a 33 to $37 million uh, contract, guaranteed guarantee, contract. Right? Yeah. And then you're going to have to make that fully guaranteed. So now you're trading away draft picks. Lots of draft picks for Lamar Jackson. And a whole lot of money. And you're paying him a whole lot of money. A minimum cap hit only. A minimum of $39 million the first year. Then anywhere for the next six or seven years, because you're going to have to sign yourself to Lamar Jackson for six to seven years to make the money work, the guaranteed money work. Then you're talking about six to seven years of anywhere from 41 to 40 or 52 in cap hit, just fluctuating all up and down. It's a mess to try to trade for Lamar Jackson because the Ravens really do hold the cards. Now, listen, there's no way, no way he hits the market, right? Is what you're saying? As a free agent? No. Okay. No. You're going to have to trade for him. And that's, and to me, listen, I would love, you tell me, you tell me right now, hey, you can have Lamar Jackson or Ryan Tannehill. I'm choosing Lamar Jackson 10 times out of 10. Okay. However, injury histories are have to be factored in. Price has to be factored in. I do not think it's a realistic expectation for fans to have that Lamar Jackson is going to be. Here. Is his only playoff win over Ryan Tannehill in his yes. career? Because listen, that's the good. <laughs> He's thing. also not been great in the playoffs well, or in December. Well, so. that's what I was about to say. That's the good thing. It, Titans fans won't have to miss a beat. They'll still complain about the quarterback choking in the playoffs. <laughs> so it's really good for Titans fans in continuity. <laughs> so we got that going for us. Yeah, uh, Thomas Brady. I, I think you, you 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 can trade Tannehill. Another team. Listen, first off, we probably should talk about this in OC thing as well. Disclaimer: the offense that ended, the offensive personnel that are players that ended in the season for 2022 will not be the same exact people in 2023. Uh, uh, the no. GM will come in and improve this offense on the offensive line and off the pass catch. So you people who can continually get in mention and say, why would X player or X coach want to be, you know, in charge of this offensive line and these pass catchers? <laughs> it's not going to be the same. Get it through your heads. Change is coming. <laughs> Change is coming. Vrabel has told you he hates this team. Amy Adams Strunk has told you she hates this team. Hates this team. <laughs> it is coming. Change is coming. Get that out of your head. It makes no sense. I love that. They're going to be coming because they know that Vrabel and the next GM have said that they're going to make some drastic changes. Okay, got that off my chest. Right. Tom Brady. Tom Brady could be acquired, though, as easily as anyone on this list, right? Yeah, Tom Brady is probably the easiest to acquire. Now, he may have the most competition, but I think the ties to San Francisco are a little overinflated. I don't know. No, if I, I, I agree with you. I think I think the ties to Oakland are a little overinflated. I think I don't think the relationship with Josh McDaniels outweighs the relationship with Mike Frabel. Now, the big hindrance no is that both of those teams are way better and set up for success. Now, you think the Raiders are better? Yes, they they have. Not the with Josh I mean, it's going to be hard for this team to find Devontae Adams, Darren Waller. I agree with that. And Hunter Renfro and yeah, yeah, Matt yeah, Collins. No, no, no argument there. But yeah. I think the defense is worse. I think the offensive lines are equivalent and the head coach sucks. Yeah. Well, and I agree with you on all that. See, that's the that's that was going to be my next point is about the head coach and the defense, because, you know, when last time Tom Brady. Luckily, 
won the Super Bowl was because he had an elite defense covering up his mistakes yeah. and his lack of play. Well, and ironically, Kyle Shanahan yeah. didn't run the football. Right. So, <laughs> Which is what Brandon Staley did this week. Yeah. Anyway. So he, if Tom Brady's here, more than likely Derrick Henry's here. Now you will see a reduced role, but I think that he's coming because Derrick Henry's there and let a little bit less off his plate. Now, on the flip side of this, Tom Brady, you get rid of, not only is Tom Brady coming, draft picks are coming, right? Because you trade because that's Tannehill. because you're trading Ryan Tannehill, who is only going to be a $27 million cap hit. So he's only going to cost the other team $27 million in this last year. So second rounder probably gets you Ryan Tannehill, and then you pay him the $27 million on You can pay him either $27 million, you can extend him and save a crap load of money this one year and only give him two extra years. I mean, it's a so viable... Gets, so if he gets traded, it's not... There's no dead cap hit that the other team needs to worry no. about, or the Titans need to worry about, no. right? No, the okay. Titans do carry a dead, dead cap, but that that is a sunk cost, because you're going to save $17 million, so that... You're paying the eight this 18 million dead cap number that floats around. Guess what, guys? You're paying that dead cap number whether he's there or whether he's not there. Yeah. Yep. Okay. But now you're getting 17 million dollars, 17.8 million dollars back in the bank. So it sounds like we both agree Lamar Jackson could be better, but no chance it's the right yeah. strategy. I, I don't know if Tom Brady, I guess Tom Brady is Tom better Brady at elevates his age. everybody around him yeah. and he can still make all the throws. And let me say this the key is the cost is so low. Let me, yeah, and he's and he's he's been shown to willing to take pay cuts. Right, right. So that helps. And here's my other thing he's playing with Mike Frable, elite defense, elite, uh, a very good running back, a lot better than what he had in uh, Tampa Bay this year. Don't you talk about fat Leo but, that way? But let me say this let me say this Tom Brady at 47, I am 37. Okay. So Tom Brady at 47, so I am 20 years health-wise <laughs> older than Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady is, is healthier at 47 oh, than man. I was at 17. I mean, I'm I'm 40, and I am at least 10 years older than Tom Brady body clock. Yeah. My yeah. body clock is 10 years past Tom so Brady. So I'm just, I'm you know, but, but like, you know, that's what I'm saying. He's he he's going to play till he's 50. So I think you're going to get two or three years of Tom Brady Barring like some catastrophic injury that comes up. Okay. All right. And um, you can still invest because guess what? You're not having to trade away picks and you're getting picks for Ryan Tannehill. You can still invest in a young quarterback. All right. So we're pro Tom Brady. Shock. Pro Tom Brady. A anti Lamar Jackson in a pass so fail it, situation. It, it, yeah. In a pass fail situation. Jimmy Garoppolo, who I think is going to, there could be a potential bidding war for Jimmy Garoppolo. Stay out of the bidding that? war, new GM, Titans GM, because I, you're getting someone that is no better than Tom or no better than Ryan Tannehill, and he is less, way less durable. So I think that's the key that people miss with Jimmy Garoppolo. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is great if you have an entire offensive system already structured and built. Good offensive coordinator, good players, good line. Yeah, and that's system. what Ryan Tannehill is exactly too. You know what I'm saying? Well, yes. Yeah. And I, but I think Tannehill actually, I think because of his athletic ability, and I think he's played in different systems. I think Tannehill is more versatile than Jimmy Garoppolo. I think Tannehill's arm is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. And while Jimmy G might have a touch more upside if everything goes he's right better around looking. him. I mean, they're both very handsome. Yeah, but whatever. Jimmy G's objectively a better. My looking. wife does not think Jimmy Garoppolo is very attractive. Oh, really? Well, that's he's, interesting. He's you know. He's got some porn star I've not vibes. Pulled, I've not pulled. He's got the porn star, oh. you know, vibes or whatever. He gotcha. dates porn stars. Anyway, that's not a knock on him. He could still win football games for the Niners. In fact, he could be back winning football games for the Niners like this week or yeah. next week. I just think all things considered equally, Ryan Tannehill is a little bit more versatile, a little bit better player that creates a little bit more upside for the Titans. And probably if his, I don't know what the cost would be, but I think you could argue 
The costs are about the same. Well, well I think he may, if you, because again, you got to factor in when you're talking about these quarterbacks, you got to factor in that you're saving $17.8 million with Ryan Daniel and acquiring picks. And you're acquiring yeah, yeah, picks. Yeah, I know. I think, though, Jimmy G is still going to be a cheaper version of Tom Brady, but I think he's a less durable version of Tom Brady. And that, to me, is the good. big sticking point. And less good. Yeah, obviously. Like, like I just, I've never, I've never felt more like pro Jimmy Garoppolo and anti Jimmy Garoppolo all at the same time in one season than I have this year with the Niners. Yeah. Um, again, I think there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be paying big money, namely the Raiders might be. Yeah. Um, because of the relationship. All right, this is the one that everyone says that they would rather have over Ryan Tannehill. When I talk to Jets fans, when I talk to everybody around the league, fa- not not like inside the yeah. league, just fans of teams that stay. I, I say right now, for a second round pick, you can have Ryan Tannehill or Derek Carr. Which one do you want? And almost everybody takes Derek Carr. I think I think they're foolish because you're paying for a more expensive, less likable version of Ryan Ryan, Tan- or Ryan Tannehill, who's also less athletic, and I just don't think he's a. Uh, I don't think he's a great leader. They're, well, I think they're very different leadership styles. Yeah. I think they're very different. I think they're both quality leaders. I just think very, very different. not saying that Derek Carr couldn't succeed. Like, Derek Carr went down to Atlanta. Yeah, I could kind of see that, right? Working, you know, he revitalizes I, his career with Arthur Smith. And then you may have a really, really good Derek Carr. And I don't think Derek Carr is necessarily a bad quarterback. I'm just not trading for Derek Carr. No. And that's uh, that's where my whole lip with that is. Now, if he hits the free agent market, you're going to run into a bidding war, possibly, because he has never really shown that he can fit what the majority of the offenses run nowadays. I'm not saying that he couldn't, because obviously if Jimmy G can, surely Derek Carr can. I think Derek Carr's better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I just you know, for me, it's just a hard, it's a hard thing to wrap around paying more and losing out on let on more things to have Derek Carr because he doesn't have the athletic ability. Yeah, does it? Less injury prone, maybe. I don't know. Is he? I, so I'm really torn. I don't it. think he, he's like, miss. I if mean, you, if you're asking, like, who just forget the system, forget yeah, the, if you're the just roster, putting them side by side, side by side, like, I'd say Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr and Ryan Tannehill of the names on this list that aren't like obvious, like yeah. Tom Brady. Like, I think those are the, these are the two that it's the hardest to decide between. Yeah. Between Ryan Tannehill and Derek Carr. I think there are certain things that Ryan Tannehill does better. There's a couple things that Derek Carr does better. I might say that Derek Carr is like a, like a, if we're ranking quarterbacks in the NFL starting in 2023, it would be like Derek Carr would be the 14th best quarterback and Tannehill would be the 15th best quarterback, or vice versa. Yeah. They're basically even. So the question then is they've got a three-day window right after the Super Bowl to try to trade him. Then he's like, then there's a cut option as well where they could just walk away, which doesn't behoove the Raiders very much. I, I'm just curious how you go about getting Derek Carr. And yeah, because you have to trade. And do, do you trade them Ryan Tannehill? Are they going to be interested in Ryan Tannehill with Tom Brady floating out there? Yeah. I guess, I guess to me is like the acquiring Derek Carr to me is going to be a team that is we're going to talk about in two or three seasons, maybe even after the first season, like we talk about Russell Wilson and the Broncos. Because he's obviously yeah, okay. going to go to a worse team, a team that probably has a little bit better draft capital, right? I mean, like if he went to the Saints, if the Saints traded for him, do you really believe that that really moves the needle without, well, I'll say this. The Panthers are going to be uh, a little bit better. The Falcons will probably be a little bit better. The Buccaneers will be a little bit worse, uh, uh, yeah. theoretically, with no Tom Brady. But does that really move the needle if you're a Saints fan that you've traded all way, all this draft capital, and you're in cap hell? Is he a quarterback that really elevates them no. to the Super Bowl? No, to me, he's to not me, Matt Stafford. Right, right, exactly. To me, Derek Carr is a perfect, like, if I'm Sean Payton and I take the Texans job yeah. and I have all this extra capital and I can sign Derek Carr as a free agent to come in as, like, the two-year guy before we develop our guy 
Like that's where that situation feels like that's the kind of place where I think Derek Carr would be a, a great fit. Uh, especially with a guy like Sean Payton, who's good enough to, to develop yeah, the team, the, the team that's going to trade for him. I think it's just going to be in a bad situation. I can see the jets doing it and it Colts? not really moving them much. Now I think the Colts <laughs> have too much of a Matt Ryan issue still. Yeah. And I, 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 I just hesitate to think that they're going to have all their ducks in a row, but even if they did, I still don't think that moves the needle for the Colts. Anymore. AE says car in Washington. And I do think that's interesting. That, that could be that's it. And they, if, you know, they pull in an offensive coordinator that can work around Derek Carr and say, Hey, I want Derek Carr. That could work. Cause they don't have to have Carson Wentz and they don't have to have yeah. Tyler, uh, Tyler Henneke. But the problem is again, does that really move the needle for the commanders in a division with Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, and now Daniel Jones? I think Daniel Carr would be a huge upgrade. You think so over, over Winston? Heineke, yeah, but yeah. do you think it's enough to move the needle? Or are we going to be saying, "Oh, here comes old Derek Carr choking in the playoffs, yeah, or choking I in mean, big games"? Again, it all comes kind of like Kirk Cousins. It all comes down to like, yeah, I mean, how, like it's it, that's that's a good comparison. It doesn't feel significantly different than Kirk Cousins. Yeah, and you already did that in Washington. So yeah, I do like that roster though, and I, if they make a move at the coaching position. And I'm Sean Payton. I do like the defensive line, the weapons around. I think there's some stuff to build. I'm on surprised there they kept Ron Rivera around. I, I am as well. But uh, and I think that's a big. I think, he's big kinda, I think that's the other issue. Now you got Ron Rivera and Derek Carr. Does that really move the needle yeah, for him? I feel like he's proven that he's just a guy as a head coach. Yeah. That's just me. Um, all right, I love this player, but I don't love this player outside of the coaching staff he's currently on, and I don't think they're going to let him get away. Daniel Jones, yeah. who the Giants did not pick up their fifth year option. I think Brian Dayball is fantastic. Uh, he's been that way every every step of his career. I think Daniel Jones has a lot of really great skills, which is the same skills that got him drafted where he was. We've just finally seen a good coach take those skills and maximize them because the he's, weapons, he's a New York Giant. The weapons year. they're throwing to is not impressive. They've got Barkley, but like what they have done with him, the way he's protected the ball, how efficient he is, like he's got so much skill. I don't think they ever let him get away. If they if he was available. I would absolutely go get Daniel Jones, but I think you have to I'd pair have him. To, I'd have to find Eric B. And you have to pair him with the name. right coordinator. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I'm I'm with you 100 on that. Uh, I, I, I just think he's going to be a giant. Let me. I, I agree with you on that one. How about some rapid fire, like lower budget items that could be temporary if you trade Tannehill away? Sounds good. Geno Smith. I'm out. Just all a Seattle. I, I think I think well, he tailed off at the end, and so I think you're now starting to creep. You're seeing. Uh, uh, a Teddy Bridgewater-esque career for him where he could be a backup or he could come in for a pinch, but he's never... If if the goal for Mike Vrabel is truly Super Bowl aspirations or keeping the Super Bowl window as much as possible, then you can't go Geno Smith. If it's I, just I trying to stay afloat and and maybe just kind of you know play you, with the You don't time. think there's a bridge? You don't think there's a bridge he's possibility? The bridge. He's the bridge quarterback. How about Bridgewater? The br- he's a worse bridge quarterback. <laughs> worst bridge quarterback. How about Sam Darnold? I would I would quit being on this show. <laughs> if they if they sign Sam Darnold, you just yeah quit? he's terrible. Well, don't don't sign Sam Darnold. I like this guy at least a little bit sometimes. Um, how about Baker Mayfield? I quit a being on this show. You quit being on the show. He's terrible. Okay, he's still better than like Malik Willis and Josh Dobbs. Yeah. Well, I, listen, it, listen. If you're giving me the only choices for the Tennessee Titans are Malik Willis, Josh Dobbs, and Baker Mayfield, then yeah, I'll take so Baker Mayfield. Take, but that's not the only choice. So you would take you know Geno saying? Smith. Well, I'm just saying hypothetically, yeah. you trade Tannehill to acquire capital because your new GM. And I, I'm not watching Baker Mayfield for 17 <laughs> fucking games. But but Geno Smith, Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield. Which I will one? take Geno Smith over every one of them by okay. easily, hands down, by by far. 
No doubt in my mind, I'm taking Geno Smith over all those other fucking losers. Can't believe I might take Baker Mayfield out of all those losers. You're ridiculous. How about even lower trash? Oh my gosh. Tyler Heineke. Oh, I take Tyler Heineke Cooper over Rush. I take Tyler Heineke and Cooper, Cooper Rush. Rush over all those guys. No way. Mm-hmm. Oh, give me a break. No, give I take him break. over all those guys. All right. How about this one? This one was floated, and this one, this one is not all that crazy. And that is the Chicago Bears drafting Bryce Young and trading Justin Fields. So you trade Tannehill, you get some draft capital, and then you have to turn around and probably trade a one and a four, maybe a one and a three. Just roll with Malik Willis. To, okay. get, to <laughs> like, get Justin Fields. Yeah, I'm not trading. You don't like Justin Fields. Just I think he's way better than all those trash guys we just talked about. I would say he's way better on the ground. And, I mean, if you're looking to trade all that for a running back. Geno Smith or Justin Fields starting? Geno Smith. Okay, well, then there's no reason to even entertain those phone calls. Uh, all right, I think those are all the current I don't names. think people really realize just how bad Justin Fields is he's not and efficient. has been. He's not efficient. I mean, you're talking about that he's 23rd out of 28, 21 out of 28, 21 out of 28, 24 out of 25 on success rates and PFF grades. So 24 out of 25 PFF grades. He's terrible. I think you would have to go. And that, he's not. he's just not good. I think you'd have to swing a huge philosophical offensive swing to acquire Lamar Jackson. Justin Fields, um, anybody in that mold where the running game is so critically important to the quarterback's success that I think you'd have to be really creative, innovative with an offensive system. And that's more, that's not really Kyle you, Shanahan. That's not that's more Greg Roman. If really. you acquired Justin Fields, you better change everything as far as your preconceived notions about how to build a team, and you should do exactly what the Eagles have done. I, that I agree with. Well, you, you, line, you would, but they, they're, line, not at a, they're not at a position where they can do that. That's the problem. Are you suggesting that the offensive line is a question? Yeah. This but, but, I mean, you have, to get, you have to get A.J. Brown. You have to get Devontae Smith. You have to get uh, Dallas Goddard. You have to get all these guys, and you have to get an offensive coordinator. And, and you have to do it all in a year because, really, when you're trading for a guy like this, when you're trading picks for a guy like this, and when you're sitting at number 11 – you you're gonna have to spend the money to build on around the guy, and you have to do it ASAP. You cannot get waste a third year of Justin Fields in a third offensive system <laughs> in three years and expect him to be anything good. We saw this play <sighs> with Mariota. We've seen this play with Baker Mayfield. We've seen this play with okay. Sam Darnold. Okay. You cannot do that to the kid. So this would have to be the final stop. It'd have to be consistent, immediate, impactful moves would have to be made if you want Justin Fields to be a successful quarterback here. I can't disagree with any of that. Drafting a quarterback at a number 11, or in theory, with the extra second-round pick you may get from either Tannehill or your second-round pick that you have, which is actually a pretty decent second-round pick, which is also, that's kind of the cutoff, by the way, for where you can still draft really good, high-quality quarterbacks. You can get them in the top 40 or 50. It's once you get to the third round that the talent level really drops off. You don't find many starters. There are lots of second-round draft picks that have been starters. So if you're picking, I guess it'd be, what, 43 uh, in the second round? So either Tannehill pick 43 or draft 11, which would I would assume be either Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. What do we make of drafting at 11? I would take Anthony Richardson, except for I'm just so far in love with Paris Johnson and Jake Jackson Smith, uh, JSN. I can, I'll never be able to Jackson say his last Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah, that guy. Uh, he JSN, is the best wide receiver in the draft. Yeah, in my Bar opinion, none. he is. Bar none. Uh, those were the two I would fall in love with at number 11. Uh, spare me, Peter Skaronsky, and this talk that he's, he's, a he's a good player, but he's not o- OT1. 
If you have him as OT1, you need to go get your eyes fucking well, he, checked. He may not be on the board at 11. Well, so if he is, and let someone else make that stupid mistake with Paris Johnson still sitting there. Uh, let someone else do that. Now, trading up, you give me Bryce Young all fucking day. I'll take him I'm, I'm all not day. There I'm not there yet. But I'm, I'm saying it's only Anthony Richardson. If you're going to draft Will Levis isn't there at 11. Well, no, I'm saying that if you draft Will Levis at 11, guess you're, what I'm not going to do? Not gonna I'm not going to be on the show anymore. Okay. Or, or in May, I guess. You wouldn't be on yeah. the show in May. Uh, I, 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 so well, I, I will be on the show one episode. How about this? To just cuss That's at the Tennessee Knights. Yeah, that would be a hell of an episode. I, I did. So I've mentioned Mel Kuyper before, working with Mel and, and having Mel say that Will Levis is the guy who moved up boards. Now, wasn't him. Mel Kuyper the guy who had seven quarterbacks going like the well, first 15 so picks? So I say all that to say I talked to a, G, a former GM this weekend yeah. who said that he he doesn't see it with Will Levis, and that Will Levis is going to fall in the draft. So there's exactly. very different different opinions. That's on a, him. I've heard the same thing from another GM. Now, not me personally, but I've heard another Richardson GM talk about at eleven is a bit of a reach, but I think that is the multi-year play for a player with extraordinary upside mm-hmm. and a lot of work to do. I think you do need someone like Teddy Bridgewater or Sam Darnold to be your starter, or even just Ryan Tannehill if you're drafting him at eleven. Maybe, but I still think you want to build the offensive line and the receiving core around him. I, if if I'm trade drafting, Henry. if I'm drafting at eleven, I want to trade probably Henry and Tannehill to get as many assets to build around him as possible. Or with the, hire Eric Bieniemy or Matt Nagy, you could probably bring out the best in Anthony Richardson okay. while he sits for a year behind Ryan Tannehill. Say like Alex Smith and go. Patrick Mahomes. All right, uh, announcement from Full Forty Sports coming up here in just a few minutes. Uh, also, we're here at the pharmacy. Live, of course, all the great burgers and Das Boot right here. We got some beers from Memphis that you can't get anywhere else. This is, again, the Smokestack smart, Smoked Dark Lager. Make sure you check out the Kingston Group before you make any big decisions about your house as well. So lots, uh, two great local sponsors here on the show that provide awesome uh, services to the community and care deeply about Nashville, Tennessee. Well, I still have one more question to ask you. Well, I know, but I want to tackle a question before we yeah, move yeah, on. Yeah, let's do it. Because we're, we're a little bit closer to the Justin Fields question. Okay. From Kenneth, how about our preconceived notion of Daniel Jones before this year? I'm not out on Fields yet. Here's the thing. When they hired Brian Dayball, I told people, maybe not on Twitter, but I've, I've mentioned it <laughs> numerous times to in humans, group chats. I, knew, I mentioned it numerous times in group chats and was laughed at that Brian Dable is the correct hire, and him and Mike Kafka are going to get the most they can out of Justin Fields. So if you're like I said, if you're bringing Justin Fields over, you better have a the best fucking offensive coordinator in America. <laughs> I, I I think if you're going to go to any of these guys, and I would include Lamar in that, or bring it now, Cliff Kingsbury would. Be I good think at that, Lamar but. could run the offense as it is. Maybe okay, okay. I might be, but again, for, well, for four hundred million without Todd Downing, <laughs> right? Without, <laughs> without, without without that guy. Um, my last one is of course trade up to number one, which I think we've already said on the show is is your. You kind of feel like it's not my my most favorite scenario, but if they feel they got their guy convicted, trade up and get them. Okay. If it's C.J. Stroud, I'll I'll still be on the show. I'll, uh, but I <laughs> I've already like, seen you're just people branding Ohio State quarterback. Well, they've branded themselves because I've already seen people who said the same thing about Justin Fields are now saying, "Oh, 
Don't don't uh, compare C.J. Stroud to Justin Fields, who they said don't compare Justin Fields to Dwayne Haskins, who said don't compare Dwayne Haskins to whoever else was I, before him. Honestly, I don't think you should compare any quarterback to any other quarterback. But it is like a ever. it's a proven thing. It's like the Madden like, curse. Like Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence are different. Who's better than Taj Boyd? Who's different than yeah? But they're all you know different stylistically the too. They, these guys aren't that different stylistically. No, that's in my true. Opinion. Well, I think I think Haskins and Stroud are very different than Justin well, Fields, right? And Braxton Miller before him, who was an Urban Meyer guy who ran a terrible. I don't I don't think I don't think for the NFL Stroud's that different than Justin Fields. Give me your last minute prediction here on what happens with the quarterback. Very early in this process, <sighs> do they re- does Ryan Tannehill the starting quarterback? Tennessee Titans. Um, I'm gonna ask you this every episode. Yeah, I feel the offensive coordinators coming in has me a little bit more of a 60-40. He's still here, so I was 80-20. Okay. okay. And I w- I've, I've gone down a little bit with new information presented to me now. If they hire Charles London or Tim Kelly and they keep the GMs inside, I think Ryan Tannehill stand. Okay. All right. That that I don't know where you can have a more thorough conversation about every possible option at the quarterback position, what it costs, whether we like the idea or not, and what it does for the Titans offense and the coordinator search anywhere oh. else than right here on the football. Sun show. came out and we got, blew us out back. We got there. a little sun, we got a little sunshine, which is a great thing for everybody. Look at all this. Look, you can't even see my hand back here. Look at that. Um, all right. Make sure you check out the pharmacy. Come on out right now. It's beautiful. It's vibey, as my six-year-old daughter would say. It's a great place to get burgers, beers, brats, tots, and locally sourced stuff that you can't get anywhere else. Again, check out their, their beer menu there. They got the soda rail, the milkshake bar, the whole deal. Kingston Group, of course, as well. BuildKG.com is the website. We are three minutes, I believe, from 2 o'clock. Huge announcement from 440 Sports coming at 2 o'clock. That's right. I teased you through the whole show. Just to tell you to go to the Twitter account. <laughs> but turn on those notifications. Turn on the notifications, as we tell you. At 440 Sports, of course, the Facebook page, the YouTube page, Broadway Sports Media. Also, make sure you stack the stacking the inbox with Zach Lyons. Checking out on the Twitter page. Already got, uh, after I leave here and I get home, finishing up another article. Uh, I am going to a... be writing about Ian Cunningham and Rand Carthen, and I got like Ooh. seven topics underneath Can't... every one. We're talking like it's probably going to be closer to like a four thousand word. I want to. I want to read about Ian Cunningham. That yeah. is, that gets me going uh, on a, on a Monday night while I'm watching some playoff football. There Sounds great. Uh, so make sure you stack in the inbox on Substack or on his Twitter account as well. Uh, of course, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out. For Zach, I'm Braden. This has been a football show.